0: Welcome back to the Bullet Hole Podcast. I'm Lyle Cadell, the media manager here at the Bullet Hole. And with me today is our one of our lead instructors, our lead instructor, however we, we want to term that, Brian Holmes. And uh, we're going to talk today about, I think, a subject that's really important to folks and they don't realize it probably is. And that's setting themselves up for, and we want you to be set up for success um, and that's not necessarily making the most money in the world, <laughs> no, it uh, we're not setting you up for a pyramid program, but setting you up for success when it comes to defending your life and the lives of others. And, uh, we'll look at it from s- several different angles, maybe, uh, one of which is l- legalities too. But, uh, first of all, to set up a blueprint, maybe we're kind of thinking pictorially here, to set up a blueprint in our mind. Um, I don't know. And, and people, you know, and, and you can add to this, Brian. Um, people don't think necessarily about... Maybe we ought to start there. They, they don't think about getting into a violent confrontation with somebody. Yeah,
1: most, most folks probably will spend more time in denial than they will anything else it's it won't happen to me or it won't happen here because of where i live Uh, i live in a great neighborhood a a not so violent community or Mm -hmm. or town it happens everywhere and you don't know when it's going to happen and if you don't have a plan already thought out in your head there's a high probability you're not going to react at all you could probably just freeze. Everybody likes to talk about fight or flight, but freeze mm. is the other reality of those. And yeah <clears throat> so if you don't if you don't have that plan, you're either going to default to to flight or freeze because you haven't made a conscious decision to fight to to win. And uh, kind of like we talked about earlier, and people have mindset, you know I just you know, they're taught to survive. Mm-hmm. Well, surviving an incident doesn't mean you're going to be injury-free. You could absolutely survive. I want to win the confrontation with little or no injury to myself whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I want to just dominate my my opponent in whatever you know genre he chooses to fight me in. Sure. A parking lot, in the car, in the aisle at Walmart. Wherever this happens, I want to be able to prevail in those circumstances. So... To set myself up to prevail, I, I, I sit around and I think of these what-if scenarios, what if it happens while I'm driving to work. Uh, the homeless guy, instead of just having the cardboard sign, has a piece of rebar behind that sign, and he breaks my window and he's mm-hmm. trying to steal my backpack that's in the seat, or he's trying to get into my vehicle to get me out of it, to carjack me. Uh, carjack has been in the news a lot, a lot. recently about uh, how it's becoming much more prevalent. Um, you've got to have a plan in place what are you going to do and
0: well and even even in the, i mean the time in which we live right now i mean you know portland's burning you know, again and minnesota <laughs> in, in minneapolis you know and, uh, this is currently we're we filming here in um, april of 2021 but uh, you know with civil unrest uh, people don't i don't think you know for instance they don't necessarily think about that's what you know we were alluding to and it is tough I, I understand you know and I think you do too it's tough to to think okay I I literally may have to kill somebody today
1: yeah nobody and that, that's, I don't hard think to, anybody, that's hard to think about I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says I think today's the day I'm going to get in a gun fight yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it just doesn't really happen that way they, they believe yeah I like to carry my gun I, it's it's really cool. I, I spent some good money on it. Uh, I, I show it off to my friends occasionally and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't put it into the context. I'm carrying this tool to defend myself and my loved ones. That's it, for me at least, when I think of it that in that context. Am I going to go out and be the savior of the universe? It's going to be a, a really small, um, instead of a billboard, a postage stamp. Mm -hmm. picture for me of when I'm going to intervene in somebody else's conflict, it's going to have to be really evident to me that great bodily harm or death is going to happen Mm -hmm. for me to intervene. Why? Because that's the legal standard I have to go by. I just can't see two people having a little skirmish over a parking space in the Target parking lot jump out and try to referee this thing, and then it becomes a conflict for me. I didn't need to inter- I didn't need to intercede. There's nobody's life at risk. Let them argue. Call the police. Video it. Everybody likes camera video. <laughs> so video it and be a great witness for this thing. Yeah. People just they they don't think of those things in context. When you wake up in the morning, it's not that you're wanting to take anybody's life. You have to be willing to if it comes down to it. And what is the circumstances that you're willing to cross that line and do it. You have mm-hmm. to think about those things ahead of time. You've got to have your plan in place. What What is the threshold I'm willing to cross to do these things? Because you're going to have to live with it civilly and criminally afterwards.
0: When you were a cop uh, full-time, when you left the house in the morning or evening, or whatever shift you had, um, when you on going on patrol, I know you were assistant chief, But when you went on patrol, I mean, how did that, maybe that makes it more contextualized. When you left and left mama there and your daughter and so on and so forth, what went through your mind?
1: Well, just trying to make sure I did everything right. I checked all the boxes. They knew I cared. They knew how I felt when I left in case something did happen and I didn't Mm. make it home. When I got in the car... Did, like, a pre-flight checklist like your pilot mm-hmm. does on your aircraft who takes you places. Do I got all the gear do I need? Is it placed where I need it to be mm-hmm. to defend myself? And I, you know, some guys ask me, are you paranoid you got all this stuff? Yeah, It's not too. paranoid. It's prepared. Yeah. yeah. I, I, We carried a Glock. It was our issued firearm. Right. I carried a 30-round magazine on the center console. Yeah, me too. It was stuck right there with a little piece of Velcro so it didn't slide around in high-speed chases or high-speed driving. But it was my that was my go-to grab magazine. If I'm getting into the gunfight and I have to reload, I'm grabbing that 30 rounder first. Mm -hmm. I kept an AR magazine and I kept a 9 millimeter loaded pistol magazine in the both front doors. No matter which side of the car I got back to, I had ammunition loaded, ready to use. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not loaded, when I first started, we had old school thinking. We issued boxes of ammunition. We put them in the glove compartments of the car. And I'm like, well, that's awesome if I just want to pour it on the floorboard and try to load my stuff. Mm. But let's look at a real gunfight. I'm engaged away from my unit. I'm dropping magazines, reloading. I get back to the car with the magazine that's in the gun. Everything else is on the battlefield somewhere. And this is what I have to pop out of the gun and try to load in a hurry? And I made that presentation, and my boss was like, we never really thought of it like mm-hmm. that. We were trying to use revolver ideology
0: a to semi-automatic a semi-automatic world,
1: and it's just yeah. not going to work. He goes, what's it going to cost? I said, the Glock will give the law enforcement discount to us. We can yeah. order in bulk. I'll get enough for each patrol car. We'll do it this way. And he was like, we're doing it. And that's just how we did business. And it's we got to make these plans to set ourselves up for when the worst event happens and it continues to digress and get worse, that we're prepared and our plan covers hmm. some of those contingencies. People ask me all the time, well, you can't cover everything. You're right. We, we used to discuss five main plans when we did tactical operations the pay Mm -hmm. system primary alternate contingency and Mm -hmm. emergency those were our our four go-to this is what we're going to do and if those things fell apart running away was our last option you know we're we're getting (laughs) out of here because this everything has you know chicken little the sky is falling we got to go so we kind of have to kind of put that in context in the world we live in do we need to have that many plans in place no we're never going to be able to cover every scenario but if you cover the most likely things you know kind of the Occam's razor the simplest answer is probably cover the most realistic things then when the off the wall stuff comes at yeah. least you've got a plan
0: I, w- I want to get into the gear in the next segment but you know we both were, were very good friends with Mike and Mosher and uh, we're approaching the first anniversary of his death you know, and I remember that night, very vividly like you do, and um, Mike left the house to go on patrol. Just and, like any other day? Yeah. and uh, But he had a heart of a servant and, you know, served his community well here in Overland Park and, and saw a hit and run happen, got on the radio, took off after the driver, and unfortunately in... In a tragic, tragic, tragic situation, lost his life. But he was prepared. If you you know you know the story just as well as I do. Um, you know Mike. Mike didn't leave May third, 2020, um, thinking I'm going to see a hit and run and I'm going to go after the guy, and he's going to pull out a revolver and so on and so forth and shoot at me. Um, but he was prepared that they didn't have at the time OPPD didn't uh, body cams that I'm going to flip on my phone and I'm going to literally record this as it happens yeah. and he was prepared that with a loaded gun on his side and uh, that gentleman you know um, we don't hate him or anything like that but um, he he left the scene deceased and then Mike passed away we succumbed to his in- injuries as well but Mike did his job. And, uh, and, and if we don't have that mindset, I don't think we are setting ourselves up for success, you know, as a, as, as, a, as a civilian. I understand he was a law enforcement guy. But how many times, I mean, they say like there's so many million self defense, just civilian self defense things that happen per year. There was a lady in Leavenworth County, what, a year or two ago, uh, had been burglarized twice or three times, older lady. Um, because she had some prescription drugs in the house, and it was by the same dude. You know, I don't know if you remember that story. Yeah, I and, kind of do. And he came into the house, and the the last time, <laughs> well, that lady was prepared. She set herself up for success, and God bless her. You know, people think, well, you can't you can't shoot anything with a twenty-two. She she took care of the dude with a twenty-two revolver, and he left in a body bag. <laughs> yeah, and so she set herself up for success and with a mindset that I'm like you said earlier I'm not going to survive I'm going to win this yeah
1: that's you, you have to put it in those contexts I mean you can survive an incident and you could be paralyzed you could be blind mm-hmm. I mean you could just be in all kinds of, of injury or disfigurement and that's just not gonna work for me. I mean, I wanna survive, yes, but I wanna win. I don't yeah. I don't wanna take any I don't wanna incur any injury if I can. I mean that's how a lot of animals hunt in the wild. They look they, they measure the risk versus reward. I wanna eat but I don't wanna get hurt because I get hurt now I become food for something else. Yeah. So I've gotta be able to hunt and not get hurt in the process. So why don't we think the same way? I wanna live and operate every day in the community and do the things I do to make my life Meaningful to me, but I can't incur injury in the process. I can't lose this confrontation because then people aren't going to have me to to help support
0: them. So, uh, well so if we, if we wrap that up, the the first segment here, mindset. Set yourself up for success with a mindset that I'm not going out to purposely, you know, hurt anybody today. But I'm going out today prepared.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go out with a with a mindset that if the fight comes to me, I'm prepared to handle it. I uh, want my what my steps are, what I'm willing to do, how far I'm willing to go. Uh, what are my what are the legal ramifications of my choices, mm-hmm. good or bad? There's going to be a cost to it, civilly or criminally. If they can in, if they can attach that liability to it, where uh, they say you were negligent, you're probably going to get sued and, and have to mm-hmm. pay. If they find you were malicious and wanting a willful act. You, you might wind up
0: paying yeah, with some time. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're going to go to adult timeout, and
0: yeah. that's jail
1: or prison, <laughs> and you don't want that to happen. So that's
0: exactly right. Well, on the other side of the break, I want us to talk about gear a little bit. Everybody gets all hung up on gear and everything. We'll get into it a little bit <laughs> of how to be prepared to set yourself up for success. I want to welcome you back to the Bullet Hole Podcast. Uh, Today we're sitting here with our lead instructor, Brian Holmes, talking about setting ourselves up for success. I always want to mention that we're brought to you by Custom Bell Firearms Manufacturing. And uh, if you want to check out, uh, my, I think we may have some left over there uh, right now. But always check us out on Instagram or Facebook, Custom Built Guns at Custom Built Guns, and also come into the store and check out Custom Built Coffee. We're selling coffee now of our own, our own making and brand. So. Base Camp. Yes, that's our first blend. The next blend is coming. I'll. Uh, it actually kind of plays off what we're talking today but I'm not gonna let it loose what the name of it is so I know we, in the last segment we talked about you know setting ourselves up for success and in, in, in mindset now everybody wants to turn and I, I think that's the you know the the software is more important than the hardware uh, in my mind um, how about you oh I mean,
1: it's that's how it all begins it's the things that you practice mentally you can put into into action physically mm. as as long as those those neural pathways are, are developed you you have to do the reps you're going to have to you're going to have to practice draw stroke if you plan on being efficient and proficient mm. drawing your your gun you're going to have to practice a reload are you probably going to have to reload in this gunfight probably not but i'd rather be confident in my skills and know how to do it when i need to than to have never done one hmm. under pressure or in in an environment well, that's less it, than permissive you
0: know and in in right now we're living amongst the ammo apocalypse too and so dry fire is uh, is great stuff i understand live fire you can't replace live fire and reaction or recoil and all that type of thing and marksmanship uh i think can be accomplished a lot you but I hope what, Dry, I what dry your... Fire
1: is, the, is the, always been a great tool before yeah. bullets became scarce uh, you should have been doing it anyway mm-hmm. it's free yeah it, it, and so to, it's kind of like when we're talking about the mindset mindset costs you nothing mm-hmm. sitting around and, and doing a little bit of, of preemptive what if thinking in your home in your vehicle in places you frequent if I'm, in this, if I'm in this place and something bad happens, say this A or B occurs, what is my plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to tell everybody when, we, when I teach them in training classes that you've got to have three things to survive a, a bad event. You have to have a plan. You have to have the equipment and the skills to use the equipment that you're going to implement in your mm-hmm. plan. Those three things, without every one of those being in place, you're going to fail. And the analogy I like to give is you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire. Well, I have a plan. I'm going to pull over and I'm going to get it fixed. So I turn mm-hmm. on my four-ways. I pull to the shoulder, set my vehicle up so I can get to my tire that I need to get replaced. I get to the trunk. I up- pull out the spare. And then I realize I don't have a jack.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, now
1: I don't have the equipment. I have the skills yeah. and I have the plan, but I don't have the equipment. Conversely, you pull out the jack in that, but you don't know how to use the jack so yeah. now i I don't have the skills to use the equipment or implement my plan so that's how i try to put it in context for everybody these three things have to go hand in hand for you to be really successful so
0: the equipment area that everybody i mean that's you know we, we all want to look at the gucci you know um and the shiny things um how do you look at that in and, and, and let's say prioritize and, and everybody you know we look to the gun i know you also you know train as well as you know uh, train others in the gun in the uh, excuse me in the knife the blade um and then also in medical and we've we've discussed here if you watched or or listened to the podcast we've talked about edc with brian before but maybe you're new i don't know we have a lot of new subscribers to our youtube channel um what, what are some of those things that, hey, are everyday things that you, don't, you might feel naked when you walk out of the house with, or without, I'm oh, sorry? Oh Yeah,
1: when you're in a hurry and you leave something behind, you definitely have that feeling that I sure hope it doesn't happen today because yeah. I didn't bring this with me kind of thing. Um, a firearm, if the environment that you live and operate in every day is permissive and allows you to have your firearm handy, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have yeah. So that to me is a, is a given. The gun, I tell people this a lot, it will definitely exacerbate more problems than solve. So it's not your end-all, be-all. It's not the mm-hmm. hammer for every every job that you need to work <laughs> on. It is a comfort to have to with you, and it, it allows you some, probably, the ability to make a couple more mistakes because you have that handy to to try to get yourself out of that problem if you again employ it in the direct con- in the in the correct context. Yeah. But to me a, a firearm, a, a spare magazine, everybody's like why is the spare? Well, the way I live and the the my thought process is the magazine that's in the gun is to stop your forward momentum if you're attacking me. I want to kind of anchor you to a point. Mhm. That gives my loved ones time to leave or evacuate while I have you stopped. Then I'm going to reload. and That second magazine is for me to escape and cover my retreat. Because if I'm engaging somebody in an in a active shooter situation at the mall or a store, they probably have a better weapon system than I do. It's going to be able to reach out with greater power and greater accuracy, mm-hmm. and prior higher capacity in, in and in, in, of ammunition. And they probably brought a bag with additional ammunition yeah. because if they're well Most prepared the they do. I don't walk around with four hundred rounds of nine millimeter on me because <laughs> I'm not I'm not planning on taking on everyone in downtown Fallujah. I don't live like that. So I have to be very judicious and where my rounds go anyway for liability reasons. Mm-hmm. But I don't wanna just shoot for the sake of shooting. I wanna put rounds effectively on target we in the area of the target to keep him occupied so mm. I can flee and my wife and my children can flee. That's my plan, at least. That's how I try to prepare myself when we go out and about and and do things we do together.
0: You know, and, and within the context, this is kind of going down a rabbit hole, but within the context of civil unrest and or carjackings and things of that nature, um, and we are seeing higher caliber weapons used. Um and uh in those situations um some not all um but you could you know everybody thinks man i'm gonna i'm gonna rock my 300 blackout or my my 556 in the front seat well try that on for size for your life sometimes um you can but this is the day and
1: age everybody likes the truck gun
0: yeah yeah my question
1: to those guys is have you have you operated deployed with that gun? One. Yeah, have you deployed <laughs> it in your vehicle and saw how, how much little room you have yeah. to get that thing out the window? Do you remember to put your window down or are going to break your own window in practice yeah. trying to punch your rifle out to get it shouldered properly? Have you Have you set yourself up for success by how you just keep your driver's seat and your steering wheel? Mm. I mean, you got to have some room to maneuver inside the vehicle if you're trying to create some space away from the driver's door. And... Shoulder up your rifle.
0: Yeah, that's a... so.
1: All these things are probably things a lot of folks have never even thought about. But I keep a gun in my truck. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I get that, and it's a great deterrent. It makes you feel comfortable mm. having it. That doesn't mean I'm still going to go in an area that's undesirable, and try to, you know, test my luck and see how things go for me there. I avoid those kind of places anyway, daytime, nighttime. Don't put yourself in positions to have to justify yeah. why I was there and why I had to use the force I They'll
0: needed. Don't go to stupid places with stupid people and do stupid yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, because
1: ultimately that just makes you stupid. Yeah. yeah.
0: So don't put
1: yourself in harm's way unnecessarily. But again, you have to train with the equipment you choose. If you're going to run a, a rifle as a truck gun mm. uh, or a handgun with a brace. Yeah. Um, or you know, a pistol caliber carbine, right. or whatever you'd like to. The ATF calls it whatever it wants this week, <laughs> but a a, a, the a longer than normal barrel <laughs> with a some kind of brace attachment. We'll say yeah. to be kind of politically correct about it. That's about as far as I get yeah. with the political correctness, anyway. But you have that in your front of your vehicle. Do you have the room, the, the, the ability to yeah. engage it? Have you ever fired at your gun inside your vehicle? Oh, There's going to be a lot of pressure inside oh that gosh. confined space. Yeah. And it's probably something you haven't experienced unless you've shot very close quarter combat training. <laughs> so, and very that's true. another thing that people don't realize. I mean, pressure happens every time we press the trigger, and it's got to go somewhere. Well, some of it operates your firearm. If it's mm-hmm. a semi-automatic, it blows your slide back. If you're running an AR platform, it blows your bolt back mm-hmm. to reload the gun for the next round. So these things, the rest of that gas is going somewhere. And you're yeah. going to feel it up close and personal. And if you haven't done that, that's probably not the time to do it is in the middle of fighting for your life. Did you
0: did you train with Reston in, in vehicle stuff?
1: We didn't do vehicles in that class. Okay. Uh, we did a lot of concealment-drawn stuff. Yeah. I've done... Uh, when I trained at Blackwater, we did an entire yeah. like a uh, 2-day of vehicle assaults and vehicle fighting. They called it car jitsu cuz <laughs> you basically fought in the front seat of the car yeah. and tried to shoot the guy out of the front seat of the car. And we did it with yeah, force on force fighting literally in the in the front seat of the car. And then we did it live fire on steel targets outside the car, steel targets inside the car that mm. we shot into. I mean, they taught you how to fight around a vehicle and and a thing i took away from that was i don't want to be around the vehicle yeah because <laughs> anybody can shoot a car because it's yeah. a huge target
0: um glass metal i mean people don't realize them. Yeah. when you shoot out the, out through the windshield um people think well everything's going to go out well there's uh, a lot of sprawl off yeah that windshield it, it, there's something that comes in <laughs> uh, it, there's there's
1: parts of your round that can come apart if yeah. you're using a non-bonded bullet yeah. your jacket comes off the jacket goes somewhere the lead continues forward yeah I know I. am a big fan of bonded bullets. They stay yeah, together as they as punch well. through those mediums, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of things, that, a lot of factors that happen when you're inside a, a small confined space and fighting. So you got to c- take those into consideration. Um, if you're not been ex- exposed to that and shooting in those confined spaces, it's a real eye opener. All the pressure you feel, the hot brass mm-hmm. is bouncing off things. Things are falling apart. I mean, it, it just the the rearview mirror falls off because it's mm-hmm. not really stuck there that great, and it's not used to having that kind of pressure going off inside the inside the car. The windshield fragments out. Your auto glass on your safety glass on the side windows punches explodes, out. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah it just drops in a sheet yeah. and goes everywhere. Um, if you're shooting out from outside the car and you're using it for cover. There's a ton of voids, and that sheet metal fragments. And mm-hmm. now you've got sharp edges where rounds have impacted near you, and you're trying to move, and you're cutting yourself because you're right up on top of the car because you mm-hmm. think that's the place to be. I just I, I've got a plan. I'm not, I'm going to use the car for a short period of time, and I'm going to get away from it. Mm-hmm. And I want the guy to keep shooting at it all day for all I care. I'm not going to be near it. I'm going to move away. And get the family and I'm going out. To, yep, yeah, I'm going to try to get a flanking position or something like that to get a good shot on him but if i can't i'm just going to keep moving back and keep the car between me and him and you can shoot the car all day for all i care
0: and the, but, and that's what the firearm aspect setting yourself for, up for success with with gear um know what you're doing and know train with train yeah, with you, what you're with what, anything, what you're you, anything
1: on. you put um, yeah. uh, whether a blade if you're not going to train with that knife at least understand what it's good for what it's what its restrictions are, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, what, how long is it? Well, how far can it penetrate? What am I gonna? Is it got a serrated edge or non serrated edge? I mean, that you gotta understand some of the basic concepts about that blade. Same thing about your handgun. What's the, the effective range? The ammunition yeah. you're using. Yeah. Things like that. Um, am I gonna use a red dot? Uh, what if my red dot fails me the time I actually need it? Have I are my sights co witnessed? Can I see my sights through my red dot? just that simple gear and if you're willing to inflict injury or use great violence on another human being you can't by ne- be by any means naive enough to think you're not going to be injured yeah. a little bit yeah. so do you have any kind of medical on you on you or, or in accessible yeah. in your vehicle yeah. to to t- take care of your injuries or what if one of your loved ones is a collateral damage and you have to give them medical
0: in both of us in the civilian world and for Just full disclosure, I've never been in in law enforcement or the military. But for you in the civilian world, because you've been both military and and, in law enforcement, um, you never had to engage anybody uh, with a firearm. However, I believe you have come upon, just as I have, with emergency medical situations. Tons
1: of opportunity.
0: And you mentioned the blade. And I remember you telling one story of the airbag had gone off on the lady. You use the 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 glass breakers. Some of our knives have glass breakers on the end. That's what the. Sometimes if you buy one from out in the, in the store, you know, and it has a little
1: carbide tip,
0: you're know, like, what in the heck is this thing for? It's literally to hit the corners. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep.
1: Just you put that edge right up against that glass and you just apply a little pressure and it shatters the entire on, window on out On the for side
0: you. windows. Yep. On your
1: side motor vehicle windows. It's and, impressive.
0: And then you you actually puncture the air the airbag to let it uh, def- yeah. deflate. To give her 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 room. Because you have
1: to. Those bags are going to stay. They're going to stay full for yeah. a little while. Yeah. And she was just a small girl, and mm. she was engulfed in that pillow of a yeah. of a airbag. And I just said, stay, you "Lean back as far as you can." And I just popped it, and I just kind of reached up near her head and just forced the air out that big gap that I mm-hmm. cut in the side of the bag and deflated it. She could see me. I reached up. I grabbed the corner of the seatbelt, cut it. Now she's free. Yep, yep. I'm like now. I started assessing: Are you hurt? Where are you hurt? Where are you feeling the pain?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: I, I need you to stay still. Just breathe. You're okay. The smoke you're smelling is the powder. The it's the cornstarch from the, from, yeah. the pow, from the powder going off here in the car. Yeah. The car is not on fire. You're fine. I'm going to check the other driver. I'll be right back. So, you know, kind of set those expectations, and you're not running away and leaving her. But I didn't want her to move because I don't know how severe her injuries are, and she probably doesn't either because of the adrenaline in her body right now. But as that dissipates, it's been my experience that the seat belt, you start to feel it. That yeah, thing does lock up tight, and you you get that burn and the mm-hmm. and the red marks and the bruising and all that stuff. It starts onsetting pretty fast. So just stay calm, stay seated, and we're going to get somebody there for you.
0: And, and, and I, I, I carry a med bag. A full med bag in my in my truck, and then I have uh, my. And people think you're paranoid, <laughs> you know, like you said, because I have I have my EDC bag literally sitting next to me right now, so I have a tourniquet in there and and, and part med kit in there uh, for pressure pressure dressings and stuff, and then I have a tourniquet on me right now, and some yeah, other things. It's however, if I come prepared. upon an accident, you know, and I carry the full med bag for all kinds of stuff and and look, and we can even break it down to the very minimalistic things you know if you're out camping and johnny's over there playing and all of a sudden you know he you know cuts his hand pretty bad you know you know and here you are you're at the lake for the weekend what do you got with you set yourself up for success with with just some simple medical gear. Yeah, and we and carry that over in the store. We have, we have IFACs. Simple, we simple have,
1: stuff. The IFAC is an individual first aid yeah, kit. that yeah. it's, You can pull off your person and, and treat some of the simple things. Uh, the tourniquet is great for when you have some severe, severe bleeding. And right? you've got to keep the blood on the inside. To survive, you've got to keep blood on the inside as long as you can. So yeah. you've got to stop that bleeding. The more blood you lose... The worse yeah. off it's going to get. Eventually, you're going to go into shock, and things are just going to go real bad.
0: Well, and and, and that, like for instance, I carry I carry a Mylar blanket, uh, a space a space blanket. So you know, for people, people wonder why why in the world do you have? It? I mean, if they looked at my than my bag of stuff the other like, Well what is all this stuff yeah, work?
1: I've got a rescue blanket uh, in the truck yeah. and it's just it's nothing more warm. than it reflects your body heat back onto you. Yeah. It's very minimalistic, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. But it you could feasibly help save somebody's life. You carry
0: um, something and you've just changed it out recently, is your your little mouth um, what do you like call it, dumb thing. Oh, oh yeah, the crit. little the little uh, breathing. Man. Yeah. And so, how many times, I mean, people die of heart attacks? CPR and, Rescue Partner. Yeah, people die of heart attacks, and, and sure. I, you know, uh, a, a lot. Or, um, you know, you may incur a situation, you know, come, summer's coming, you know, and you have a situation of a drowning, and you have to you get the person out. And if you know how to, I, mean, I encourage you, please go to a first aid and, and um, there's all kinds of classes you can go to, yeah. some of which we offer here. Um, there's, you re- know,
1: there's Red Cross. There's e- yeah. everybody's. Everybody does some kind of first aid and basic CPR. I mean, yeah. you got to learn CPR. I Set think it's a must. Set yourself up for
0: success. <laughs> but that little deal right there. Explain to folks what that is. It's
1: basically just a little uh, nylon pouch that you can keep in your pocket. You rip it open, and it has a one-way valve that you put in the person's mouth, and it has plastic that covers them up. Mm -hmm. So if you've never really done CPR on a person, there's a high probability they're going to vomit Mm -hmm. or regurgitate something back up into you. So this keeps that from happening. Mm -hmm. You can get air in, but you're not going to get stuff back on you, which anything coming out of the human body is considered a biohazard, things you don't want in people are very conscious of that now because of covid but there's a lot worse things tuberculosis hepatitis i mean there's all kinds of things inside people you don't want
0: yeah so set yourself up for success i mean there's there's a in in i know we're mentioning and bringing up a lot of different things you're like man i don't have that kind of money to be be invested well you know if we're going to get into the gear thing i mean you've got a little bit goes a long way if you
1: just You kind of make yourself a list, Mm -hmm. and as you kind of collect your paychecks and you can kind of put a little money aside, then you just keep checking off things on the list until you have all the stuff. Yes, I know some things do come with expiration dates, like your medical gear. But do you really want to skimp on something that could save one of your loved one's lives or yourself if you need it? And that's what I consider a a, a must-have is some kind of medical care that you can at least stop bleeding. I've got hyphen seals, It's mm-hmm. not you don't have to be a doctor to employ those. You peel it open. It's a big sticky piece of plastic that goes over a chest wound to keep mm-hmm. air out of the chest cavity. Yes, we breathe air in all the time, but our lungs process that air for us. Mm-hmm. When air is coming in, it's, pressure, it's pushing down on your lungs and crushing them and they, they can't mm-hmm. inflate. So you don't want that to happen.
0: And I, care, you know, something that I've chosen to carry is because uh, I have several family members have heart disease, have had heart disease, or in fact, my uncle had a heart transplant. So um, I carry baby aspirin. Yeah. With me in my bag all the time. Um, people will ask why? Why do you carry chewable baby aspirin? Cause because I can't carry nitro. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just that simple. I, two, I,
0: two of them. You know, for a person who you think's having a stroke or having a heart attack. Um. If they can chew it, you know, to get it in their mouth, it's a, a first first point, very first point. I mean, it's not going to solve the problem. Don't get me wrong, but but at least it's you know. a
1: step to help treat yeah. what's happening. Um, we, we you got to be prepared. the The equipment aspect. There's you can go as deep and detailed yeah. as you wish. Yeah, you could walk around with a full backpack full of gear if that's what you're into. I try to just get by with what I can carry on my body and what I can have readily available in my vehicle right. if I can get back to my vehicle I have two trauma kits in the passenger door of my vehicle I'm ready for you know basic any kind of gunshot wound I can probably Try to pack
0: yeah. and get the or uh, knife get,
1: and get the yeah, or, or knife puncture mm-hmm. to try to pack that wound to stop the bleeding and get it, get a tourniquet on it if possible. If not, at least pack it and then wrap it as tight mm-hmm. as I can to stop, to stop or slow that bleeding. So, out. if you
0: were to say, you know, just for a basic person that's listening or watching, um, okay, so you mentioned a tourniquet, so you would endorse maybe
1: rat or cat, something simple. There's a new one out, it's a uh, Basically, a big, rub, big rubber. <laughs> soft T wide. It, it's kind of like a soft T or SWAT tourniquet. SWAT, swat tourniquet. That. Yeah, SWAT. Tea. It's a more modern version of that, but it, it basically, it, you do it like an ace bandage. Yeah. You, you, you stick I it on. know what you're talking about. You pull and wrap and pull and wrap, and then you can pack gauze on top of that, and then you can twist this over and tighten it just by twisting it. Mm-hmm. It's basically like really thin inner tube, but I've it's amazing it. yeah. stuff and it like seals on itself and it's so cool Mm -hmm. and it's fairly inexpensive i just can't think of the name of it right now but i've been doing some research on it because i just thought it would be cool to have
0: so then the next thing maybe some packing you can get a walmart folks i mean we carry it here in the shop we literally carry packing stuff here you know for it to pack a wound uh you know in the shop Uh, you can go over there and buy it we carry tourniquets Carry full, you know, IFAX, what he yeah. described, uh, individual first aid kits. Um, but you can go to Walmart or someplace else even and get rolled gauze. Yeah, you gotta have um, some. You have to have some. You know, pressure bandages. Pressure bandage
1: and gauze are they're critical. Israeli I mean, bandages
0: are you a fan. They're they're good. I mean,
1: I'm not saying you have to go out to the gun show and buy tons of quick clot and stuff. Yeah, that stuff is if you believe you're dying, you're trying to stop the, that bleeding, and you pour it in that wound. The, the hospitals kind of clean it out yeah. anyway when you get there. So it, it might not be the best idea, but I know guys who have used it, and they said, that stuff burns like crazy, but yeah. it, it kept me alive. So I, I, I guess it really is as far as you're willing to go. I'm not saying do it. I mean, I like the Israeli bandage. Works good. Yeah. A lot of their stuff is based off combat. They've been at war forever, right. so they've got stuff that <laughs> yeah. works. And they know what they're doing with it. So I, I just encourage you to get some the, the the equipment that you feel you need. Get some training on each each piece of that equipment so you you're really solid on it. Because when the when the stuff kicks off and, and things are really flying, you you got to be confident in your skills at that point in time. And you can't mm-hmm. just hope that you're going to rise to the occasion. And everybody says you fall to the level of your training. You're going to do what you know. Is that's what it really boils mm-hmm. down to. And if you don't know that's not the time to really realize no. you don't know <laughs> is when you really need it and could make it could really make a difference
0: two things that we haven't i mean we've mentioned the blade a little bit having a good knife uh, again we we sell some really good knives over in the shop and i know I, it sounds like i'm just pimping gear or whatever um this is the bullet hole podcast, so I'm mean, yeah. <laughs> we do pimp gear. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lie. But it, it, yeah, but I mean, I mean, but it's, it's a, good we stuff. We carry
1: garbage over there and yeah, try to tell you that. But yeah. you've got you've got Gerber. It's a great Sog, great solid blade. You got crkt. Sog. Yeah, I mean, um, we've got got some quality gear over yeah. there that that you know not just one one brand where we're telling you you got to buy this. There's good gear to choose from. Mm-hmm. Different price ranges. You buy what you can afford. Absolutely. And you're going to get something quality because this is stuff we all carry.
0: Yeah. Um, and even, even, you know, as far as uh, pepper spray, uh, we carry palm, we carry mace, um, saber red. Um, so if you don't feel comfortable with the lethal option, some people yeah. don't. Or, or you're, you're There's absolutely... There's a lot of folks that that, you know. that
1: lean towards that, um, What they, that the term is less than lethal option. Mm-hmm. I would just, again, understand, get some training on it because you need to understand the limitations of each of these devices. And I talk about it in some mm-hmm. of my training classes. Not that I'm an anti any of these things, but I've had all these things on my belt and carried them for a living. And I know when they worked and when they failed me and why they failed me.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I was at least well informed and I knew the limitations of each of those devices. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, batons and tasers and pepper spray all have, you know, great results when they work but when they fail they fail miserably and Mm. you got to understand what caused that failure so you've got to get a little bit of training on each of those things if you're going to carry it
0: great segue because the next segment we're going to talk about and you probably noticed kind of an outline here but (laughs) we went from hardware to to some or excuse me from some software to some hardware and now we're going to go to skills next so we're going to talk a little bit about training here Uh, as we we end up. So hang on. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the final segment here of the Bullet Hole Podcast. I'm Lyle Cadell, the media manager. We're with our lead instructor, Brian Holmes, and we're discussing how to set yourself up for success. And uh, that can come in the way of... You know, we talked about various different things, whether it be carjackings, whether it be self-defense use, medical situations, you know, dealing with heart attacks and strokes and all those type of things and setting yourself up for success. We looked at first having a plan, working it out in our mind that actually thinking about visualizing um, these things actually happening in our lives. In in not necessarily dwelling on it, um, but visualizing. Our first segment. And then we talked about gear. Everybody's all gotta get the gear. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you gotta have a certain gun or a certain holster. Yeah. A quality pistol that you can depend on, a good holster that keeps that trigger covered until you intentionally intend to press it. A belt that will secure that holster mm. to your body. That's that's your gear. Beyond that, Everything else is a tool that you're adding into the equation that you need to know how to use. It's, and, uh, it's just that simple. And all,
0: all the medical equipment we talked about, too. Again, all this stuff, come into the bullet hole. We encourage you to come into the bullet hole. Or maybe you can't come here. You Maybe you listen from afar and uh, go to a, a, a good gun store near you, um, a reputable gun store near you. Uh, I know we have some some international folks that, that actually watch us on YouTube and listen to us on, on, on air here, too. But
1: Yeah, you can reach out online. Um, and there's places... Yeah, there's, Good medical gear. North American Rescue. In fact, we work with North American Rescue. Outstanding yes. guys. They they got gear that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to direct you to people I don't I don't believe in. I'm just not that. I don't receive any payments from anybody yeah. except from the Bullet Hole when I do training for them. I'm not sponsored by anybody. I have. I have connections, I have affiliations, Same but right. I'm not I'm not a paid endorsement by anything, and I'm not going to tell you about any product that I don't wholeheartedly believe in or wouldn't no. use myself.
0: So we can have all these things, and we do. I mean, you and I both have stuff on us right now, uh, tools uh, that we use. Um, I, some of what I mean, I can use, you know, knife every day, light every day, pretty much, um, all that type of stuff. But when we visualized and and we have our gear, but when it boils down to it, we gotta you know when it comes to a defensive situation or maybe it is with you know with medical rendering medical aid, we've gotta need the skills. Yeah. and that's where it comes down to training that that's where you, that's that's your you know that's the, that's the butter that <laughs> that sweetens up your toast because that's what you do. it's
1: it's really gratifying for me. When you work with a student and you just see it in their face when that aha moment takes over and they get it. They, they understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. be it with the firearm or a principle that you're trying to, to get them to understand. Mm. And I'm just trying to make sure everybody is well-informed. Everybody has great intentions, but great intentions don't replace skills when when you need i I want i want to do the right thing but can i do the right thing do i have the ability to do it and Mm -hmm. and inherently that's going to come out when you try to engage a target and you haven't spent any time working with your pistol Mm -hmm. you don't know where your gun's gonna gonna drop that round and that's a problem especially if you're trying to to stop someone from grabbing your child or your wife Mm -hmm. or you know you know God forbid it comes down to that, and you you hit them when you don't didn't intend to.
0: How do you you know just like for a home invasion? I want to throw this one past you. We didn't even discuss this. <laughs> um, how do you prepare somebody for? I'm I wake up, I'm all groggy and uh you know, and you heard, and I'm here you've heard in the, the bump in the I'm night. I'm hearing the front door, you know, beating you know and, and they may be yelling and going on or whatever else, you know, or somebody is actually finally in the home. How do you train a person to to wake up wake up and take a firearm and use it? I mean, how do I, I mean
1: real I I how do start you with that? It, first you got to be you have to have your your kind of levels of home defense and how you're going to do it. You get did you did you make sure all the doors were secure and you, you've got a quality door and quality deadbolt and frame that's gonna withstand some violence up against it to give you some time? I don't I know my door will eventually fail, but I need it to last as enough time for me to become alert, grab my firearm and prepare for whatever's going about to take da- take place. I guess to best answer your question, I look at the world in 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 small little boxes mm-hmm. the two that i really concern myself with is public places mm-hmm. if i'm out in a public place run hide fight yeah if i can get away i'm getting away i've won 100 percent of the fights i was never in if i can't get away i'm going to try to hide and hope the trouble passes me by if those two options fail because they're ultimately what are those those are avoidance sure if i can't avoid it i'm going to go first I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna ambush the bad guy as best I can we're gonna fight and I'm gonna mm-hmm. bring it to him with everything I got if I'm at home that's not the same principle yeah I I basically defend the room I'm in I don't give up the room I already own let the bad guy come to me and when people are like but oh you were a tat guy and you were a cop forever and yeah but The bad guy, even though this is your home and you should have home field advantage, you have no idea where he is. Mm -hmm. You know the layout of your house, but you also know where every place he could be hiding, waiting for you. Why give up the room you already own? You can barricade yourself in that room. You can set yourself up in that room to have a great shot at at the door if they break in your bedroom door. And what about
0: the kids? I guess, again, it
1: depends on... Your home life. How many, if you yeah. have small kids? Where if you're going to engage in a firefight in your bedroom doorway, where the round's going to go if they go through the target or you miss. For me, my kids' rooms are upstairs, and so it, and, you know, and I live in a multi-story, so my bedroom's okay. on the main floor. Oh, okay. So gotcha. if it happens in in my my bedroom. The first thing you're going to have is to deal with is the dogs. I've yeah. got two 110, 115-pound German Shepherds. Oh, yes. They're going first. Awesome. We're going to let them handle the problem. And if you get past both of them, then you get to deal with me. But I'm not going out there. I'm going to stay where I'm at and let you still come to me. Mm-hmm. I, guess I get that. Some people don't have that. Completely understand. Mm-hmm. I still recommend staying put in place. Let them come to you. If... You have to go to another room, say you're, where your kid kid is. Mm-hmm. I'm only going that far. I'm going to move with my spouse. You hold on to my you know, back of my shirt, the back of my pajama pants, whatever you got mm-hmm. on. You hold on to that. We're going to move together. We're going to get into the room. You're going to follow me, and I'm going to clear that room as fast as I can as an individual. Now you grab the kid. We're gonna put, get in the put you in the closet or put you on the floor, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna defend this room that I just took. Gotcha. There's no need to go search in your house and put yourself. Now in How do we oil. build
0: that skill? And, and I, you know, and, and I'm gonna throw takes, throw this out there.
1: Takes mindset. It takes practice in your own home. Yeah. We're gonna do it in training environment downstairs. We're gonna kind of lay out some things, and we're gonna practice doing some movements. With empty gun,
0: we can do that. He, yep. He's what he's right, talking right about here. Is we can do in, that in here. Yep,
1: in in a, in a training yeah. environment, just to lay that skill set down. Because there's a lot of people have never even fired a gun on the move. Because what if mm-hmm. you encounter in between rooms the bad person, and mm-hmm. you have to engage there? I know a lot of people because ju- just it's it's not because they. They just didn't know any better, is the best way to put it. They'll stop and shoot at a target when they're on the move. And I'm like, why are you stopping? Well, I want to get hits. You've got to learn how to shoot on the move and continue moving, because I guarantee you, the bad guy probably hasn't shot at a moving target. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't trained like that. It makes it very much uh, more difficult to hit that moving target. No, but you also want to be on the move and hit a stationary target.
0: And we currently don't We don't have a home defense class available right now. No, I'm, um, I'm looking at trying to build something yeah. out
1: like that that it encompasses those kind of things, because it's going to be more, it's going to, home defense, a lot of people like shotgun. Mm-hmm great weapon system i prefer ar i want to be able to hit them with a surgical bullet instead of something that shoots a lot of projectiles Mm. because some i know a lot of folks like bird they like buck as home defense that's a lot of projectiles going down your hallway and if they're not hitting anything they're hitting your sheetrock and your ceiling and you're tearing up your own stuff and i really don't want to tear up my stuff i'd rather be much more surgical Mm. and have a light on my gun and light up the target and hit him with one round very successfully and follow it up with his cousins
0: 28 29 more
1: times if i have to right on target (laughs) give him some
0: love yeah um you know and so in in brian can do private stuff too if your family i know we have done that um we've had families that have come in as a whole family and um I can remember one in particular, and there was I don't know, there was like ten of them, if I remember right. And they came in and, th- and they just wanted their family to be there and to sit down, and, and that was with Luke. That was, that one was, or one of our other instructors. But if you want to come in and train with Brian, you say I want my family to come train with Brian, with Greg, with Luke. Um, you know, and Brian can take you through home defense scenarios and you know, downstairs. Absolutely. Get a hold of Abby at Abby at thebullethole.com, or simply call us here 913-432-0050, and we can hook you up.
1: And just doing familiarization, getting your kids accustomed to firearms and firearms handling
0: and yes. things like
1: that, so they're they're an asset, not a liability when things go bad.
0: We had a family and that yes that that came into for another family this this is happened on i mean this is something we do on a frequent occasion uh this other family that came in um not a big gun family but dad says i want us to learn and he brought in all three four kids three or four kids and the wife and uh, it was just them and and had an entire session with greg on just gun handling, because they were not gun yeah. people. It was just gun 101, man. And that's and that's a start. Yeah.
1: That's at least acknowledging that you have a plan and you might have had a deficit in that plan that you need to fill that void. And I'm not telling folks, I'm not one of these, you know, the sky is falling people. You need to run out and buy as many guns and bullets as you can. Mm-hmm. that is not it. But if you're going to own a gun, you need to know how it works. You need to train with it. You need to educate anybody who's going to be in contact with it in your immediate family because what if you're engaged in a fist fight with the bad person hmm. and somebody else can get to that firearm to save you. Um, they need to know how to shoot it. They need to know how to use it and make it work. So I think everybody who's going to have access to your tools should be trained on those things yeah. to make them a, at least a little proficient so they're not trying to just figure it out on the fly.
0: And sometimes we don't think about it, and th- that actually happened to an older couple and I think it was either in the Carolinas or in Texas. It was in the South in a 78 year old i believe or something like that man and he got choked out by the dude invaded the house guy choked him out and the uh the they weren't married actually they were two old folks just living together and she retrieved the gun and and shot the guy but one of the things i i always try to keep in mind i maybe maybe you can add to this a little bit more you know as you know, get, and we'll go back to gear, get a little bit again, but uh, get something that your wife or your your children that are responsible, okay? We'll put that caveat in there, can handle.
1: I'm a I'm a big advocate of, like, I've trained a lot of husbands and wife teams. Yeah, I like to call them a team because you're, the only way you're going to get along for the rest of your life is to be a team. You can't be two individuals trying to do this. So you're going to be a team in your marriage. And you now want to protect yourselves. And you both want to carry firearms. Well, the first couple I did this with, and it's when, kind of when I had this epiphany, he's carrying an old-school Ruger, a big, heavy one, with mm, the with the ninety five. Yeah, P-95. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's carrying, like, a Glock. And I'm like, okay, my advice is you guys carry something very similar or not identical because... She couldn't work his gun, but he could shoot hers. And my th- my thought process was, if if you're carrying that day and I'm not and you go down, I can grab your gun and I know how to use it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that kind of – that little kind of epiphany I had and that little methodology swing, I started bringing it up to couples that were looking to mm-hmm. shoot. And they, they shot some of the guns just like we do here at our range. You can try it before you buy it for a lot of them. We have a lot of rentals. Yes. Yes. And they both just shot a few guns until they found one they both really liked and just happened to be like HK mm. VP9s. They both bought VP9s. So you have same holsters, same guns, yeah. same ammunition. Everything is you're accustomed to it. yeah. And they embraced that lifestyle. They were like, this is this was genius. And I'm like, I'm not a genius. It just really made sense. Why would I give you one gun and him yeah. something to- totally different? Carry something, again, cross-train on both of them. It just makes you a little bit better. But if I don't have all the time or to to invest in the training, Mm -hmm. and I don't have the money to buy multiple different platforms, get what you can afford, get the good one, and everybody learn how to use it. And you talked about it earlier, about just the 22. We've gotten... Greg and I have worked in a couple gun shops together over the years, and... We'd have all these people come in, our old timers and our and our, <laughs> our, our, our hardcore customers that would come in. We get these it was just kinda of like sitting around the campfire talking yeah. kind of conversations with these folks. And they'd be like, Well, you know, you gotta carry something with a four in it. It's gotta be a forty cal or a forty five <laughs> or I won't kill it won't kill nobody. And I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous. A projectile put in the right place, I don't care yeah. how small or how big it is, it will be effective. Yeah. And so that's where I came up with my analogy. Would you rather get stung by a bee or walk over and kick the hive And most guys are like, "Well, I don't want to get stung. I haven't met a guy yet who wants to get shot either,
0: yeah, <laughs> with a twenty two
1: or a forty four magnum. Yeah. We completely understand ballistics the forty four magnum's gonna bring a huge impact to the to the table opposed to the twenty two but the twenty two will kill you
0: absolutely. you
1: put enough of them in the right place, you're gonna get the desired result, yeah. So shoot the biggest bullet you can shoot accurately is what I teach across the board to everybody from my from beginner young kids at age 8 or 9 all the way up to 80-year-old people. It doesn't matter to me what you're shooting as long as you get hits and I always tell them that no one's ever died from being scared to death by a miss it mm. doesn't happen Wyatt Herb said it best you know speed is fine but accuracy's final mm. you've got to put bullets on target to change their mind that's all I'm trying to do stop them from trying to hurt or kill me right now if they die that's just because the bullet worked well we all know bullets don't always work that's why we sell them in a box of 50 instead of a box of one yeah they just don't always do their job. But they'll have a better chance of doing their job if we put them in the right place, hmm. you know, into those vital organs that need to work without being pierced yeah. with sharp objects traveling at high rates of speed. They generally do, your lungs and heart and liver work really well when yeah. they're not touched by things <laughs> from the outside.
0: This so, is true.
1: but we're going to introduce those things in there and we're going to do it as quick as we can, as efficiently as we can. And the only way that's going to happen is if you train and you get this. You get you develop a skill set with the tools that you're choosing to use. If you want to use a chainsaw, be the best cha- best best chainsaw guy there is with it. You know, be very proficient with it. I, I don't care if you carry a tomahawk, a sledgehammer, a number two pencil. You're John Wick's cousin, and you're going to kill three guys in a bar with a pencil. <laughs> but carry a pencil that won't break. Carry a pencil that is going to. Be able to be used rapidly, and you know right where you're going to place it. If you don't, you're not going to figure it out on the fly.
0: So those skills, um, some great classes. You teach Pistol 1, uh, or, or Fundamentals of Pistol?
1: Yep, I teach a pistol, a basic okay. Fundamental Pistol 1, an Advanced Pistol, and a Fighting Pistol 3, which is yeah. our third level, our third iteration, where we, we're going to kind of take you the, through the handgun basics to shooting from behind cover and reloading Mm -hmm. and holster draw and then we're going to take you into moving and shooting multiple targets and that's kind of where you're going to fight with that gun. That's that's mimicking a fight.
0: And then you also teach uh, along with Abby. You do. Uh, <clears throat> you're the lead teacher for Empower Her. Yep, um, we launched
1: it last night. It was our first yeah. class. Got nine ladies. I think they learned a lot already in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a four week course, so we meet once a week for four weeks, and it is. It, it covers uh, just a plethora of information i can't even begin to scratch the surface yeah. there's there's topics for each week like last night was just you know we're going to introduction and we're going to talk about basic firearms and firearms handling then we're going to move into uh, mindset mm-hmm. we're going to move into skill set and then we're going to talk predator and prey and uh, what's predatory behavior really look like yeah. and And for ladies, I think it's just in this day and age, it's just important and imperative you get that kind of information, what to look for. We're going to talk about some improvised weapons or secondary weapons. We're going to talk about um, just about every aspect of trying to keep yourself safe that you Mm. can come up with. In, in four weeks to try to make them feel empowered when they leave yeah. that class that I don't have to have a man by my side so, and to protect me.
0: To almost 10 hours worth of training. It's is 10, that
1: right? 10 to 12 hours of training. Yeah. We went a little over last night and I figured it was going to happen just so. because I, I get I'm Pretty passionate, and so is Abby about the, the topic, and we, we really mm-hmm. wanted to give enough information, and then we wanted to make sure everybody got the experience on the range and some, some yeah. rounds fired and, you know, kind of cracking the egg if some of them haven't really shot before, and we've tried to size guns up for their hands to find things that are, that are going to work Um You you can have a a great gun, but some of them are just super small. And the smaller that gun, the more felt recoil you're Mm going to have, and it could be harder to control. Definitely difficult to manipulate controls and reload because it's so tiny. So we talked about that. We talked about if you're doing it for home defense, get the biggest gun you can carry because it's going to be much easier to get hits with a heavier gun because it's going to help mitigate that felt recoil somewhat. It's going to have a high capacity, and you can really grip the thing because there's a lot of it there to yeah. hold on to. So it just helps. And somewhere in the, somewhere in between, there is a gun that's perfect for everybody's hand. And the ladies experienced that last night. I think they really enjoyed the, the, the classroom portion into the range mm-hmm. portion. And... Uh, we just like I said, we just kinda cracked the egg last night, so next week we'll start putting, you know, the egg in the pan with some other ingredients and <laughs> by week four we're gonna have an omelet, hopefully, yeah. and everybody's gonna be be happy about it.
0: And then you teach concealed carry, he teaches our con- uh, concealed carry classes. Yep, Kansas and Missouri concealed carry. Yeah. And and, and then and our other instructors, Luke and and, and Greg, they teach uh, uh Fundamentals of pistol. Um, yep, they teach introduction, introduction of pistol in and gun, a, gun, gun handling one on one and a in a, in a, marks, a, mark, a basic marksmanship a, class. Yeah, so. he does a. Great, it's like a that's like almost a three hour class. I think uh, Greg does marksmanship. He he has uh just like you do. He, he well you don't do USPSA like he does, but no, he's
1: a USPSA guy. I'm but, like a, uh, we, we we both enjoy steel challenge, yeah. but that's kind of have to move around a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, so my running days are behind me. But Greg <laughs> Greg's jackrabbit quick, so he yeah. likes he likes that running and gunning stuff. And but it's it's all just still range Skills, time man. And, and working Skills. on fundamentals and, yeah. and techniques that. You know, people ask that all the time, do does competition get you ready for combat? And and my answer is kinda like that of some other instructors I've had the opportunity to train with is if you're not smart enough to tell the difference between a game and and a fight, you you probably shouldn't have (laughs) a firearm anyway. But the gaming part of it There's a lot of good skill sets and opportunities and trigger time that you're going to take from that that game and apply in in a combat situation. So, yeah, there's a lot of good to take away from it. But... There's not going to be a referee. There's not going to be rules. No. There's not going to be a safe direction for your pointing your firearm. It's going to be a fight in the street. Yeah. And the gun's going to get out. It's going to get pointed in places. And you're going to try to do what you got to do to survive and win that confrontation. So you so
0: make sure you get your, have skills, your skills, man. And that's, you know, um, yeah. I and mean, we could sit here and talk all day, too, because, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of things to talk about. So get a plan. Get some gear and get some skills. Yeah, you can
1: you can go deep into all three of these. Each one of these could have been a, just a yeah. separate podcast, just talking about each of them really in detail. Yeah. But I mean, if it piques your interest, there's training available. You can Absolutely. you can always you know surf YouTube and surf surf around, and you'll find a <laughs> lot of people with a lot of opinions and things. But I think you're going to find that we're not the t- the two lone wolves out here being crazy saying this stuff.
0: Um, a lot of well, and there's a, a lot, lot of stuff guys. on the gram, bro. That that <laughs> it just needs to remain on the gram or like remain at home because <laughs> this is garbage. Uh, I tell dude, people that to be honest. <laughs> I
1: said that anybody can put a YouTube video out there. It yeah. doesn't mean what they're doing yeah. is right. It doesn't mean what they're doing is is tactically sound or even yeah, not just for fun or for show. I, I get there's some guys who can do sub-second draws and things like that, but there's a fluke, and then there's a true skill set. A, a, a true skill a true skill set is repeatable. If you can do it three times in a row, then no, no, I'm 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 a believer that you have a skill set. Yeah. If you can't repeat it three times on demand, uh, it's probably not a skill set. It was a fluke. Yeah. So.
0: And there's dudes out there. I mean, they're they're doing some 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 stuff, and and people are watching the gram, you know, and they're watching, you know. They're watching a lot of people and i'm not going to drop names or anybody but but uh, it's important you know you can watch let me put it this way you could watch the gram all day long and you watch youtube all day long literally like sit there and just veg out in front of the the screen right in front of your phone or whatever it will do you absolutely jack squat no good until you you literally got to come in and you got to put the time in and you got to build your skills.
1: I tell you I love the guys who come in and they they say, "Well, I, I watched this gun review so this is the gun I want." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Well, that's just one guy's opinion." Yeah. That's that's a guy's opinion. Yeah. And if you're going to if you're going to bet your life on one guy you've never met, okay, I I guess I'm not going to talk you out of it, but um, did you independently look for other reviews on that firearm. Did you see what, like, Gun Digest said? Did you look at reputable firearms? Magazines may have written about it and done a review as well. Get some, get a couple yeah. more than just one guy on YouTube's opinion of a firearm. Because I know when I was a hardcore HKVP9 carrying guy it got lambasted by a couple guys on the internet because yeah. they put it through a ridiculous torture yeah, test. I remember. And I said, well... <laughs> And the guy's like, "Well, yeah, it got buried in mud. It didn't shoot." I said, "I'd never know when I'm going to take my my primary pistol and and dump oh, it in the mud and bury mud, yeah. it in mud. It's going to stay yeah. in my holster until I need it, and yeah. I don't plan on submerging it in mud. Yeah, that's unrealistic. And but people do these tests all the time, and I, I take it with a grain of salt. It's entertainment value. There you go. Um, but do the do the legwork on your gear so before you spend the money and vet your instructors. Ask around." Um, You can call up here. You can talk to Abby. She'll give you a a website that I'm a part of that you can look at, and you can see reviews that are independent, and I can't take them down. That's why I like this website. Whenever somebody Mm -hmm. posts, it's there for good, and I I can't remove it because I think that's the only way an an instructor should be, is honest and transparent. I'm not going to make everybody happy. It's just the way it is. Some people may have unrealistic expectations of what they were going to receive in a training class. I try to do the best... Best I can give you for the dollars you're paying every time, and that's how I, th- I feel instructors should be. They need to be honest and transparent about what works and what doesn't, and not just tell you theory. They need to have some kind of reality-based to it that they've done it. Hmm. If they haven't done it, then I've got kind of to have to be kind of skeptical. That how where did you where did you get this from? Did you just kind of create it while you were on a you know mushroom <laughs> trip, or, yeah. or where did you come up with this? But uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 just you know it's highly important for us to set us to set ourselves up for success. I think you know, and, and you can you know, help me out here too. That um, again, visualize, prepare, have a plan. Um, and
1: even if you do everything
0: right, you can there's always, no one hundred percent guarantee yeah. you're gonna you're gonna
1: do. Uh, you're going to come out successful at the end of this. It's very true. But you got to take the steps to increase the odds in your favor. If you go into the fight and it's 50-50, that's not the best options for you. You want it to be 70-30, 80-20. What's
0: the, what's the old saying? The old saying was uh, if you uh, plan to fail, or no, if you fail to plan, you, you yeah. plan to fail. Yeah,
1: that's that's just so much truth to that people ask about these you know these these old sayings and these things that there's a you know jack of all trades master of none is completely Mm. true i want to i want to be good with a few things and okay with others Mm. the things i really want to be good at are the things i'm going to need i i feel that's what i want to be good at everything else i have a working knowledge of and i can probably make work if i need to but you know I can start a fire in the wild, but I probably would like to know how to keep a bear from eating me. Yeah. You know, that's probably <laughs> a bigger thing to me than being able to start the fire cuz I keep a lighter or a fire stick with me so I can I got to get something dry that'll burn and strike it with my knife and I'll I'll, I'll start a fire. Hmm. But I it's you know there's just some things that you just have to know like how to make your gun work and how to stop the bleeding. Those are important because if you can inflict pain, you can receive it and you got to know how to mm-hmm. take care of yourself. So,
0: man, we, we could. We could sit here for, for a good long time and, and we enjoy we enjoy sitting and talking, <laughs> both of us too. Uh, but we'll wrap this one up. But to set yourself up for success, please have a plan, visualize it, think through it. Um, and then, like you, you said, and then, uh, yeah, you got to get some hardware hey, we're a place where you can get it. Uh, over here at the shop. Uh, we got, And we got all kinds of hardware. We got all kinds of gear and goods and goodies and all that type of stuff. And we got everything you need to get started. Um, I, I realize right now defensive ammo is a little bit on the short side. We're going to be full transparent about that uh, just right, right now. Um, we're trying as hard as we can to, to get that, that rectified. But, uh you know we uh, and then and then also the skill set hey you can we still have rounds on them for the range you can still buy ammo for the range um freely we're not we're not running low <laughs> on that at all and um so come get your skills in that a way you can be set up for success do you have any just final words for everybody
1: no i mean those are kind of truly either words to live or die by um You'd hate to have your skills lacking and your equipment to be poor the day you're gonna depend on it so you you've, you've got to put those three pieces of the puzzle together, and they're really it's a it's a three piece puzzle mm. Just have a plan, implement your plan with the equipment that you need and the skill set to use that equipment when the duress is is high and you you you're gonna amplify your success rate it it's just you're shifting the balance of power into your favor. Um, and if, if you don't, then it's the choice you made. You might yeah. not be able to live with the choice you made, yeah. unfortunately. And that's the best, uh, the simplest way I can put it.
0: Very good. Man, I appreciate you being on today, Brian. It's a pleasure. And sitting down. So until next time, y'all, I know it says behind us, and everybody bothers us about this. <laughs> it says the bullet hole, not butthole we get this constantly on every video if you're listening right now you're probably like what in the put, world did we're they put just say custom
1: built manufacturing up there yeah, we we're we're have base to do camp coffee something, testosterone something. in a bag
0: so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but protect compete and learn so next time until next time right here on the bullet hole podcast stay safe and we'll talk to you later